Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Jeremiah 33, God says this, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. What a great scripture to, to know and memorize if you don't know this. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you. Conversation. Call and I will answer. Call and response. God says, you talk, I'll talk. Call to me and I will answer you. I want to talk to you. Think about this. The creator of the universe wants to have a conversation with me. Wants to have a conversation with you. Wants to have a conversation with us. He says, if you'll talk, I'll talk. Call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things you didn't know. God says, I'll let you in on secret information you don't know about your own life. All right, another one. That one wasn't too exciting. Mark 11. Y'all weren't that excited about it. We'll keep going. Mark 11 and verse, um, ah, there's just so much. Let's just start at verse 22. Mark eleven twenty-two. Jesus said this, whoever says to this mountain, so notice prayer speaking says to this mountain be removed cast into the sea does not doubt in his heart but believes that these things he says or she says will be done they will have whatever they say you will have whatever you say therefore i say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them jesus says say it when you pray, say. So prayer is calling on God. And God says, when you talk to me, I'll talk to you. And I want to just talk for a few moments, um, kind of using that, um, that phrase there, whatever things you ask when you pray. I want to use that as a sermon title, when you pray. And we're going to look at just four things to do when you pray. Four things to do when you pray. So let's pray for the message. Lord, help me to... Uh, communicate, help us, Lord. I, I think we all want to pray and want to, I don't know if being better at prayer is the right term. I'm not sure. So Lord, just help us because I think we're, we're here because we, we want to know you more. We want to love you more. We want to connect with you more. And we know that prayer is the vehicle in which that happens. So help us to uh, learn from you. In this moment, in Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 Thanks, Lynn. Hey, can we give it up for our worship team real quick? Weren't they great? Did you notice Jesus cut his hair? Did you see that? Nate cut his hair. My God. When they started cutting from the back, a sparrow flew out from the back. It's been so long. I kind of miss it, but he looks handsome. And so... Um, does anybody know someone who's really good at praying? Do y'all know that person? Like they'll pray about anything, anywhere, anytime, like very awkward. You know what I mean? How are you doing? Ah, oh, man, I've kind of got the sniffles. In the name of Jesus. You know, it's like, oh, I just, tell me a good like ginseng tea to drink. That's what I really, you know, they're just good at prayer though. They're like amazing at prayer. They know everything about prayer. They're just powerful. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, being in church one time and the, the pastor said, okay, we're going to pray with our neighbors. So I want you to grab your neighbor's hand. And I went, but I live 20 minutes away. I don't think. And so um, I didn't know. I didn't know what he was talking about. And so I grabbed this, this lady's hand next to me and uh, 
she was kind of interesting looking, and I thought, what can I pray about this woman? She definitely probably needs healing or something. She looks messed up. Come on, I was like 15. I didn't know. And I really didn't know how to pray. And so, so she goes, do you want to pray first? I said, why don't you pray first? You know, I didn't. And she was so good at praying. She said, Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. And I'm just like, man, this is powerful, you know. I don't know what she's talking about, but it's good. And then she started in a different language. I thought it was Swahili. I thought she can pray in different languages. It was tongues. I didn't know that. But, you know, she, ah, yeah, yeah. I thought, are you being electrocuted? Are you okay? Is your pacemaker? I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> and she said, Lord, I thank you that John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world. And I went, oh, I've heard that. Love, the Greek word. Agape, which means a God kind of love. I thank you for, I'm like, how do you know Greek? Did you go to a Greek restaurant? Was it on the menu? How did you, where's Greek? I mean, she was just like an amazing prayer warrior. By the time she was done, I was discouraged. She thought she was awesome. And now I had to pray. And so I didn't know how to pray. I was 15. And so I just said, well, Lord, it's me, Jabin. My dad's an elder of the church. You know him, Clifford, Chavis, Chris, his wife. And, uh, uh, Lord, and so she quoted the Bible. I needed something to quote. So I was like, Lord, I thank you that Sports Illustrated said that. I didn't know where to go. I'm like, Michael Jordan is having a really good year. Protect him, Lord. I didn't know. 17, 18 years ago, I didn't know. So I, it was just terrible. It was terrible. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think about prayer. I think most people. I think they want to pray more. I think, if, I think if you had a conversation with a lot of people, they would say they're not good at prayer, you know? They don't know how to pray. They feel awkward praying. They, they don't really know, you know, how to do it or where to start or, or how to do it. And I think this is amazing. Even the disciples in Matthew 6 said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Not amazing. They didn't ask, teach us how to do miracles or how to raise the dead or how to heal the sick. Or They, they knew that when they woke up, Jesus was already up because the Bible said he would always wake up before the sun would come up. They would wake up. He would already be up praying. He would leave that place of prayer and miracles would happen. And so they went, well, teach us how to talk to God so we can do that. So I think there's always been something in people that says, I, I want to connect with God. I want to love God. I want to talk to God. I want to hear God. Lord, can, can you help me? And, and the best place to start with prayer is by admitting to God that you're uncomfortable. Because it's there that he'll help you. My wife always tells me, you don't talk. And I go, I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> Ain't nobody go, I see one honest saint over there. God loves you, and so do I. Ain't nobody talking. I'm like, I don't know what else there is to talk about. Well, it's the same thing in prayer. You know, it's like you get in your prayer time and I'm going to pray for one hour. Glory to God. Praise God. Glory to God. Five minutes later, you're like, so you want to watch Sports Center? <laughs> like, <laughs> let, me, let me define prayer for you. This is my definition of prayer. You could write it down and I'm going to give you tons of scripture. So if you want to pull out your little notes app on your phone, I encourage you to write down some of this stuff. Here's, here's prayer to me. Prayer is when God hears your voice and he hears, or when God hears your voice and you hear his voice. Let me say that again. Prayer is when God hears your voice and you hear God's voice. Jeremiah 33, call unto me 
and I will answer. God says, if I hear your voice, you will hear my voice. This is prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God where you speak to God and God speaks to you. So if you have never felt like God has spoken to you, there is a part of your prayer life that you're really missing out on because you can actually hear the voice of God. And it's, it's not an audible voice, but it's something, I don't know how else to explain it. It's right here. It's in your gut. It's that thing that says, I know God's talking to me and I know this is the right thing to do. And it happens in prayer. Prayer is when God hears my voice and I hear his voice. Pastor Jensen says this, you need a place of prayer and you need a time of prayer. So let me say this about prayer. You can pray at a Starbucks, but that probably shouldn't be your place and time to pray. Because you need a place where God can hear your voice and you can hear his voice. And I don't really want you in Starbucks praying crazy loud in the name of the Lord, Shika Honda Banda. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to scare everybody. No one's going to come to our church. I go to free chapel. You need a place of prayer and you need a time of prayer. Now, let's just, I'm going to be so practical today. It's going to, it might bore you, but I hope it doesn't. What, where's your place of prayer? Well, if you have a commute to work, that could be a place of prayer. Three days a week, I don't know why I do it. I pay to go be with a trainer. It's the dumbest thing I've ever done. And it's the worst money I've ever spent because I haven't changed my diet. Come on, somebody. And he tells me every week, you're not going to lose weight. You're not changing how you eat. As I'm doing jumping, I'm like, I hate you. I want you to die, you know. Not really, but kind of. I'd go to the funeral. And so, but it's in Laguna. I live in Irvine. It's a 30-minute drive. So three days a week, I drive 30 minutes to Laguna, 30 minutes back. So that's three hours a week that I'm in the car. That is one of my places of prayer. Where's your place of prayer? I think sometimes we, we overthink it. We think, okay, I've got to kneel by my bed and I need, no, you just need a time and a place where you can pray. Now, one thing that'll really help you with prayer, get you some praise and worship. Okay, don't put on the new Beyonce lemonade and be like, Jesus, I just, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> I don't care if you own the CD, it's just not going to help your prayer life. So you need to invest in some praise and worship. You can go to Apple. You can go to, I don't know, all the different things. Find some praise and worship. Your car would be a perfect place. Maybe for some of you, when you get ready, that's a perfect place. Maybe while you shower, you want to pray. I can't shower and pray. And by the way, I just never tell people, you know, I was in the shower praying. And I just, what a weird way to start the conversation. <laughs> I used to work for a pastor that would always say, God speaks to me in the shower. I'm like, image, mental image. We're done. I don't know what he told you, but it was off because you were naked. But, I, you know, where's your place? You need a time and you need a place. Now, if you've never had a personal prayer time, don't leave tonight and go, I'm going to pray for one hour a day. You won't. You're going to pray for five minutes. You're going to get discouraged. And then you're not going to pray until the fast in January. So you need a time to pray. You need a place to pray. And it has to be a time and a place where God can hear your voice. 
So it has to be a place, and, and again, your car could be perfect, a time where you can worship, a time where you can, if, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you could speak in tongues, a time where you can pray, a time where you can rebuke the devil, a time where you could scream a little bit, a time if you're Pentecostal like me, you got some shouting music, you can kind of shout a little bit. But, but yes, sir. But you got to have a time and a place, but not only where God can hear your voice, but where you can hear his voice. So then you have to get quiet and you got to listen. And again, I don't encourage you, you know, don't listen to like whatever radio station or even talk radio, whatever, and then try to hear the voice of God. Because it's not going to be God's voice. It's going to be Glenn Beck's voice or CNN's voice or whoever you listen to. You know, that, that's not how you do it. You've got to get some worship going so you can speak to God and God can speak to you. Am I helping anybody? Does this help you? No one's. No one person's prayer can replace your prayer life. So I encourage you, at the end of our services, there's always people down here who will pray for you. That's amazing. Come down, receive prayer. But no one can replace when God hears your voice and you hear his voice. I, I heard it said one time like this. We, we just read out of Mark chapter 11. Your mountain knows your voice. Your mountain knows your voice. Your struggle knows your voice. So you've got to speak, and then God will speak. Okay, so let me give you four things. When you pray, number one, when you pray, pray in Jesus' name. When you pray, pray in Jesus' name. Look at John chapter 14. Again, I just encourage you to write it down. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Now, if you pray in Jesus' name and it doesn't happen, or, you know, if you leave this place and you go, in Jesus' name, I want a new Bentley. Okay, that's not going to work because that doesn't bring glory <laughs> to the Father. That just brings glory to your swag. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, this was revolutionary because up to this point, the disciples didn't pray in Jesus' name. They pray to Jesus. Now look at this scripture, John chapter 16. And at that time, you won't need to ask me anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. Jesus says you can name drop. You haven't done this before. Notice this. This is this is radical and revolutionary to the disciples. Jesus is saying, you're going you're gonna to talk directly to God, not to a priest, not to a preacher, not to a pastor, not to your favorite whatever, but Jesus says, you're going to have direct access to the Father using my name. You've never done this before, but ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Jesus gave us his name to use. Now, what this is, is this is, write this down, this is the power of attorney. Here's what the power of attorney is. The authority to act for another person in a specified legal or financial matter. So even if that person isn't in the room, if someone gave me the power of attorney to sign for them or to buy a home for them or to get a loan for them, whatever it is, I could do that. Why? Because they gave me the power of attorney. They, they gave me the ability 
to use their name. Jesus says, I'm giving you the power of attorney that when you pray, you don't pray in your name, you pray in my name. So now when you go into prayer, you can throw around his name. You can name drop the name of Jesus in prayer. See, there's no power in your name. I dare you to pray in the name of your last name or your first name or the name of any other God. It don't do nothing. But when you pray in the name of Jesus, things begin to happen. Jesus says, you can use my name. Now, look at this amazing scripture. Ephesians chapter one. I'm giving you a lot of scripture. Sorry. Ephesians chapter one, verse 22. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. So everything is under Jesus, think about this, and has made him head over all things, notice this, for whose benefit? For the benefit of the church, for your benefit. God says, I've put everything under Christ. Now, some things are way bigger than you. They're over your head, but they're under his feet. You'll walk into situations, they're over your head, but they're under the feet of Jesus. And when you go into that situation, it's bigger than you, but it's not bigger than his name. And so for your benefit, for your benefit, you begin to pray in his name. And now that thing has to bow at the name of Jesus and now has to come under the authority and influence of the name of Jesus. Can I get a uh-huh, amen, oh yeah, something. Give me something real quick. Praying in the name of Jesus is not like using an incanda uh, incantation or abracadabra or it's, it's none of that. Praying in the name of Jesus is a declaration of your dependence on God. Because it's saying, I can't do it, but Jesus can do it. And when we pray in the name of Jesus, we access everything Jesus has. When, when my wife married me and became a Chavis, she got everything I have. She has 100% access to everything I own, to everything I have. She probably knows way more about our finances and about everything we have. That's kind of scary. Huh? I love you, honey. Just kidding. She, she has 100% access. Why? Because she took on my name. And when she got my name, she got everything that comes with that name. Am I making sense? Okay. Look at 1 John 4, 17. As he is, this is Jesus, as he is, not as he was, as he is. Where's Jesus right now? Anybody know? He's in heaven where? At the right hand of the Father, right? As he is, in perfect communion with the Father, as he is, with nothing between him and God, as he is, totally healed, totally whole, totally perfect, totally redeemed, totally free of all things, right? Isn't it? This is who Jesus is. As he is, so are we in this world. When? When you pray in the name of Jesus. We, we come under that. Now, once you understand this, you'll never pray with shame again, fear, or condemnation again. Why? Because you have his name. So you don't pray in your name. You don't pray in your righteousness, your holiness, your character, your integrity, your track record. 
You pray in his holiness, his righteousness, his track record, his integrity. You pray in the name of Jesus. Proverbs 18, 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and are safe. Did you just hear that? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's a place. The name of Jesus is a place that you run in and hide. And you don't pray out here. You pray within the name. And you're covered and you're protected. And you speak from that place and you declare from that place. And, and, and you, you pray from that place, from the place of the name of Jesus. I've got my buddy here, Joe Tovar. Joe, can you come up real quick? Come here, Tovar. I mean, come on. Now, Joe does this thing. Again, I don't understand you people. He goes to the gym and he lifts like crazy amounts of weight. Like it's really, come on up here. Come on, brother. You're single, right? Okay. And ready to mingle, ladies. Um, but I mean, he's like really strong. I love Joe. Joe says, punch me as hard as you can. I get to punch Joe and I get hurt. I mean, I punch, I give him all like, no, I won't right now. Do it. No. I mean, I give him all I got. And he's like, come on, bro. You really, you're 32. You need it. And I'm like, that's all I got. And then I got to go to the hospital. He's so strong. But I like going out in public with him because he's so tough. I kind of get like a little swag about me. Some guy walks back, looks at me. I'm like, what, what, what do you want? But, but it's more like this. What, what do you want? What do you want, sucker? You messing with me? Now, I'm a weakling, okay? But he's strong. And I kind of just hide behind him. He's a strong tower. <laughs> And the righteous, they're safe. <laughs> Listen, you've got someone better than Joe, who also probably has a beard. Okay, thank you. You have someone better than Joe. His name is Jesus. The name of the Lord is the strong tower. The righteous run in and are safe. And when you pray, you don't, you don't pray out here all alone. You pray in the name of Jesus. And he does the work, not you. All right, number two, when you pray, you remain in the vine. When you pray, you remain in the vine. Look at John 14, excuse me, John 15 and verse four. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Remain, reside, stay, live in dwell. Here's another something to write down. Prayer is more about the relationship built than the answer received. Prayer is more about the relationship built than the answer received. If you only pray when you have a need, you're missing it. And here's what you're missing. You're missing the joy of it. You'll actually get to a place of prayer where you love to pray. Now, it don't happen right away. Not right away, but I'm telling you, you get to a place where you actually enjoy prayer. You look forward to prayer. You look forward to seeking God. And every day when I pray, I, I never start prayer like, you know, my night, eyes never open. I go, oh, man, I just can't wait to talk to God. It's never like that. And it is for some of you, and that's great, and I hope it is one day for me. But what will happen is I'll start to pray about three minutes in, five minutes in, ten minutes in, depending on the day, depending on the week, depending on how much in the flesh I am. Come on. 
Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and pretty soon, a few minutes in, I'm remaining in him. I'm abiding with him. And I begin to build relationship with him. And, and, and in good seasons, bad seasons, great days, bad days, good months, bad months. I, I, I have something that is built that is even greater than the answer received. So, so sometimes I feel like all my prayers are being answered. Sometimes I feel like, man, where did that come from? Why did that happen? That will happen. But I'm, but I'm in the vine. I'm remaining in him. And here's what happens when you pray. Not only does prayer change things, but most importantly, prayer changes me. When you pray, it changes you. Look at John 14, 3. It says this, you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Let me tell you how God prunes you. Let me tell you how God disciplines you. You know, we read scriptures like that, right? God disciplines the ones he loves or God prunes. And we get scared, right? You know, I, what does that mean? Okay, God doesn't, God doesn't discipline through car wrecks or cancer. God doesn't discipline through stupid people. God prunes through his word. He said, you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. You will never be pruned by God if you're not in prayer with God. Because it's in prayer that he hears your voice. And it's in prayer that you hear his voice. And it's in prayer that God says, hey, you need to forgive that person. <laughs> Pruning. It's in prayer that he says, you, you need to be more generous. Discipline. It's in prayer that he says, you got, you got, to, you got to treat your wife better, buddy. It, it, it won't happen outside of prayer. It happens when you're remaining in the vine. When I pray, not only does it change things, but it changes me. Trials and tests and stuff, that don't, that don't change me. But when I'm in the presence of God, remaining in the vine, you cannot be a person of prayer with a consistent prayer life and stay the same. God will change you. Can I hear an amen? All right, I got to keep going. Number three, when you pray, declare the promise. Number three, when you pray, declare the promise. Okay, here's another thing to write down. Sorry, I told you I'm going to give you a lot of info, so you got to write down. God's word is his will. God's will is his word. I don't know the will of God. What's the word say? Now, the word of God won't tell you the exact job to take, but it'll tell you the kind of job to take. The word of God won't tell you the exact person to marry, but it'll tell you the kind of person to marry. Amen. The word of God won't tell you every specific exact thing in your life, but it will tell you what to look for. And when you're praying, declare the promise. First John 5, 14, ask anything according to his will and he'll hear you. So the, okay, here's another quote. The language of your prayer life has to be God's word. This is your, this is the language of prayer. This is the language of prayer right here. The word of God. God, you said, Lord, you said, God, you promised, God, you said, Lord, you said it. And it's Lord, the scriptures say, Lord, Jesus said, the apostle Paul prayed, whatever it is, you, you find it in the book and this becomes your language. 
This is the language of prayer. The word of God must be the language of your prayer life. We don't just declare what we feel. We declare what God has said. Now, it's, now, now, now be real with God and declare what's going on. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep it real. I just keep it real. I'm just keeping it real. That's cool. But, but you should also declare the promise of God. Because if you're just keeping it real, just go to a therapist. And lay on the couch. And like me, pay them way too much money. <laughs> Amen. Like I do for my trainer. And I probably need a therapist. Okay, let's keep moving. <laughs> but in prayer, I don't just tell God how I feel. Now do all that. You can complain. You can, you can freak out. You can keep it real. But declare the promise. Declare the promise. Declare what God has said. So let me give you, let me just, again, we're going to go way practical. So your, your child isn't serving God. If you're a parent in here, your child doesn't serve God. Here's, here's how you pray for your child. You don't, just, you don't just freak out and pray, God, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know. They're really not saved. And I saw some marijuana in the room, but I don't even know. It could have been something else. I don't know. Ecstasy, LTD, something is in there. Okay. Now, declare the promise. So, so an example, Acts 16, 31 says, you and your whole household shall be saved. So here's what you do. Again, you get some worship going. You're in your time of prayer. You're in your place of prayer. And you say, Lord, I thank you. And I thank you that you said, I didn't say it. I didn't write this book. You said it. You said me and my whole household shall be saved. So I thank you that that crazy son of mine is about to come home. Lord, I thank you that you're sending angels to protect them. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, I trained them up in the way that they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. You declare the word of God. You declare the promise. Another one, Isaiah 53, 5 says, by his stripes, we are healed. So we're going to get bad reports from the doctor. It's going to happen in life. We're going, we're going to get symptoms sometimes of sickness. So we don't just freak out. We pray, Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And I stand in that and I believe that and I confess that. And I thank you that I'm, the right doctors are coming into my life. Lord, the right surgeon is coming into my life. Lord, thank you that the right, the right wisdom is coming into my life. Not just every crazy person with another Google search telling me how I'm going to die in the next six months. No, thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I'm healed. And that you're going to give me the right strategy to beat this sickness. Or the right strategy, strategy to conquer this disease. Am I making sense? And you, you speak the promise of God. Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. God says, you're going to eat what you say. You are what you eat. And you eat what you say. Now, I'm not, I'm not extreme word of faith. I don't believe that every, oh, it's a negative confession. Oh, God, forgive me. I don't live in fear. We got faith people who live in fear. I don't believe in that. But I do believe that my life ultimately is going in the direction of my confession. Because I'm going to eat what I say. So I speak life. I speak the word. I declare the promise. I declare what God has said. I meditate day and night. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. And I do not let the law of the Lord depart from my mouth. I speak, I speak, I speak. And the word of God becomes my pavement on which I go into my destiny. Okay. 
Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Here's another one right down. Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Let the weak say, I am strong. It didn't say, let the weak say, I'm weak. Now, again, be honest. But th then a spirit of faith's got to get on you and say, no, I'm strong in the Lord. Yeah. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Now, it didn't say, let the poor spend like they're rich. <laughs> Visa, MasterCard, American Express, stop it. But let him say, in other words, God, I thank you. You're blessing me. And you, you declare the promise of God. Let me give you, uh, I, got, I got to give you this. I'm out of time. Let me have the, the band come up to remind me that we've got to end. My, uh, my mom called me. I was in Houston, Texas, and she called me and said, um, hey, your, your nephew, Dylan, is sick. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I don't. And, and she goes, no, like, he's sick. Like, he's sick. And I said, like, in the hospital section? She said, he's in the hospital. And I said, what is it? And he had some kind of um, food poisoning as a little three-year-old. And, uh, and it was going to wipe him out. And, and I said, like, do I need to come to Albuquerque? That's where they were at. And she said, like, you need to come to Albuquerque. And I said, well, when? She said, yesterday. I said, okay. And that's just, you know, I was like, wow. So I left the conference I was at, speaking at. I went directly to the airport, found the first flight to Albuquerque. Walked into the hospital. There's probably 40 people there. There is, there is death in the air. You know, I mean, it is like, there's no faith. There's no, I mean, it is just depression. My brother's, everyone's a mess. And I walk into the hospital room. He's got tubes. He's got, I mean, it's just, it was crazy. And, uh, and I said, all right, let's pray. And so I put my hand on his stomach. And I begin to declare the promise of God and the word of God. And I thought, I'm a man of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And all of a sudden, he just started blah, throwing up everywhere. Now, he was in an induced coma. So how many know my faith went from a 10 to a zero real fast? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I mean, this kid's dying. He's dying. And they said, okay, we need to, we need to, let's all get in a circle and pray. And so we got in a big circle, about 40 of us. So I ain't the one with the devil. Y'all the one with the devil. And I said, Lord, I thank you that your word said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you have come to bring life and life more abundantly. And I thank you that there's a plan and a purpose. And I didn't pray my prayer, but I prayed in the name of Jesus. And I declared the word of God. Come on. And he got out of that hospital. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Even if he wouldn't have got out. I'm in the vine. And when it doesn't make sense, I hold on to the vine and I trust. But I never stop speaking the promise. What? Look at this amazing scripture. Romans chapter 8. You can be seated. I'm almost done. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. Since he did not even spare his own son but gave him up for us. God's saying, the Bible's saying this, if he gave you Jesus, won't he also give us everything else? Like if you got his most prized thing, like when I, when I, when I go visit my in-laws, I never ask my, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, hey, can I go in the fridge and get a Coke? 
I figure if they gave if they gave me their daughter, could probably have a Coca Cola. If if God gave you Jesus, you could probably get healed. If God gave you Jesus, you could probably get out of debt. If God gave you Jesus, he could probably give you a good relationship and restore your marriage. If he gave you Jesus, will he not give you everything else? Declare the promise. I've got one more and I'm out of time. So come back to the six. Everyone stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo. I'm going to do something real uncomfortable, okay? I'm going to ask you to grab your neighbor's hand, and we're going to pray right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed. 